You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Take one. Knock, knock. Who dis? Receiving a Dana, and we can't believe you found a fucking podcast. A podcast. We're so glad you're listening to it. We would never listen to it. I don't even want to listen to it to edit it. I don't even want to wake up in the morning. Receiving a Dana, and we're in the room. Does this spark joy? Does it? Does it spark joy? woman at coach today i bought myself a birthday present and um one of those fanny packs i just bought a fanny pack today too for disney world and this one's really like sexy it's from the men's department it's just like fanny pack i'll show you later it's right here oops like a grown-up one nobody cares nobody cares care isn't it sexy it looks like mary jacob but I, I will say it. something about yeah, this lovely wine that you bought. Um, it says, hey, you guys. I have to put my reading glasses on. Excuse me. A voiceover by Katie Finner. Oh, I'm very expensive, by the way. I would, <laughs> I would hey, you guys, no matter where you live or who you are, winter is dark and scary and sad. Someone should probably do something about it. Because, no. Okay, fine. <laughs> we'll do it. We made this insanely drinkable California red for anyone who needs a little help getting through the most blah season of the year. You're very welcome. Winter is the worst. Red wine. And I had to tell you. I'm dead. Brought to you by at Drink I'm Bay. not a fancy wine drinker. Now, this could be a fancy brand. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But I am telling you right now that um, sometimes when I go for dinner and people order like fancy bottles of wines, I'm like... Blech. It tastes like rotten Warm, grape juice flat. soaked in wood. And I don't understand it. And maybe I'm not sophisticated. You like more of a sweet, but a this sweet is red? delicious. Oh, is it? I'm Smelly. loving it. Yeah. Babe is more known for their cans. What if you like stuck your rose. pinky in and licked really? it? Yes. Is this the brand yes. is called Babe? Yes. yes. And then they have like a Babe Red with Hence bubbles. The Babe, the Babe tote that you yes. got. It's the Babe tote. Babe, babe brand. You, by the way. Yes. Oh. Thank you, the fat Jewish, for making what it. What if you like dipped your pinky into the lick? Oh, I can smell it. Yeah, that's. Or good. do you want it? That has it's, like body. My, it's like my favorite. That it's has a, ba- ba- it's baby delicious. Body. Yeah. How many different wines do they have? They have family time is the worst Pinot Grigio. Oh my god, they're very funny. They have yeah. Pink Party, which is their sparkling rosé bottle. Right. And they have the three cans. Mm-hmm. Where do they sell it? You know, he started out with White Girl Rosé. Mmm. That's and then a very moved, racist wine. Yep, and then they moved on from that, and now we're branching wow. out. Yeah. Wow. Well, this is um, a lovely, I'm so glad you love inclusive it. I am too. Color. No, it's great. This is my first time trying it since they gave it to us. Mm. I'm going to eat my personal edamame, if you don't mind. Your edamame juice? She brought a spoon. I'm oh, no, sorry. I brought her a spoon because she brought a... <laughs> Thing of takeout edamame, but Thank not the so kind, much. not the kind with the shell around it. So you feel like right, sharing where you like is caring. Bloop, 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 but these are out. already shelled, so it's like putting your fingers in there is like touching all the other edamame. So I said, you wouldn't do that with a cocktail. Shrimp. They're kind of wet. I said, don't try to um, pretend that you're being. You know, acrimony. That was just, kind of rude. I got called out by Katie Finner, yeah. and I couldn't be more so I thrilled. Got her a spoon and said, "Eat your damn edamame." Eat it, Dana. All yourself. Mommy! And I'll drink your wine. I had a mommy. By the way, this is In the Room with Stephen and Dana. That's Dana Craig. 
And that's Stephen Farisay. And we're a podcast that brings you entertainment professionals. Gorgeous entertainment professionals who are wonderfully verbal. And, and drinking wine. And drinking wine. <laughs> and drinking wine. Oh, my goodness. A, there's no two-drink minimum. There's no cover charge. We are You're taking welcome. away those fees from you. Mm. You know, Stephen and I find ourselves in really fantastic rooms, and we thought we'd bring those conversations to you. For free. For free. Wherever your podcast. So grab your carpet square and join us. Yeah. As we... Or your Muji beanbag chair. <laughs> Stephen is a friend, and he's very organized, and one day I asked him to come over and help me with my closet, and um, he helped me organize the sexiest vacuum closet it's, a, it's really, it's about 18 inches across. We'll put it on our About 20 um, inches deep and, you know, up to the ceiling. But there's not much you can do with it. And we spent the afternoon, and it's still exactly how it was when we did it, like a year ago. It was so it was fun. Two years ago. Shout out to every stage manager I've ever had. Yeah. Who taught me how to tape something out. Yes, we taped it out. It's mm-hmm. really funny. We taped out the vacuum. That's how it works we, every time. We put it in there really, yeah, really, so put it here. Then you know when it will not fit again, and you have to... I need you to come over again. We'll bring the wine. It's kind of like clean by numbers. You can't go wrong with that closet. What's clean by numbers? I just made it up. Oh. Like color by numbers? Here's the vacuum. Here's the thing. Yeah, I need that. I have ADD, ADHD, and I need, like, that's why I love, I really do. That's why I love, like, sort of executive functioning is not my uh, strong suit. So how to do things or how to organize things is really difficult for me. And I think that's rooted in my I hate problems, so I try to solve all the problems before executing anything. Stephen, like I an know. oceans movie, I sit there and plan everything. Wait, like Ocean's Eleven? Any of them? Or Ocean's you got to plan that. You can't just walk in and rob a casino. Well, of course. You got to give it. So you like those kind of movies? I love you those have so kind much of dress. Like the Italian, what do you call it? The Italian. I love movie. a heist movie. Yes, mm-hmm. I have a show for you. Ooh. Are you ready? Absolutely. It's the greatest show ever. It's called, um, oh, Casa La Casa de Papel. It is brilliant. It's a Spanish show. It is on Netflix. And I can't remember what the name is in English, but it's genius. <laughs> you can remember it. But you remember House casa, of Paper? La Casa de Papel. And it, you'll fall in love with all the characters. It's a oh heist. It's a heist show. You're going to go home and watch it tonight. Yeah. Or we are no longer friends. When Deal. did it come out? Is it recent? No sé. That means I don't know. <laughs> Um, There's so much takeaway already. Sí, hablo un poquito de español. Sí, todos los actores son muy, muy, muy um, um, terrifico. I said terrifico. Oh, like yeah. terrific. Caliente. I don't know if that's a word. Yeah, muy... Um, muy caliente. Es muy peligroso y, y, y um, la actriz es extraordinaria. I made that word up How too. many languages do you sort Is of speak? Spanish um, ASMR. Bitte ich mach das diese Sprache von Falgen. That's German. Um... And one time, I was actually the, uh, I was actually Daniel Swee, a casting director for Lincoln Center, somehow set me up with CBS because they were interviewing Oksana Bayul, and who was the Russian girl who Familiar. won oh, yeah. the, you know, and cool. they were doing a special on her. And of course, she speaks Russian. And... They asked me to translate, like do the voiceover translation, be the English but speaking. with an, a Russian accent. <laughs> so I would be like, I am feeling all the time that my, my coach is very difficult on me, but I love to, I love to skate um, all the time. And, 
And everyone, all my friends, all my very intelligent friends came up to me afterwards and they were like, I did not know you spoke Russian. Meanwhile, I'm speaking it's English really with a Russian accent. I know. So I pretend that I speak languages, but really only I had to be a Russian director Spanish. in a show in college. And so I, that was so fun. Wow. Yeah. To do that. That's great. I'm terrible yeah. at accents. Are you? Yeah. Try. Yes. Do Southern right now. Go. I'm Paula Dean. Yeah, you need a lead I'm, in. I'm You're gonna, like Paula. Yeah. Paula Dean. No. Talk about your grits and your bacon. First, we're going to put some whipped cream on it. Then we're going to fry it up nice and crispy. And then we're going to fry it up again and put more whipped cream on top. You know what you could do? You could learn phonetics. Mm -hmm. And that is an old school Edith Edith Skinner thing where we used to learn how to write what it sounds like. Yeah. That's how I cheated through my bar mitzvah. Yes! In my That's book. That's really smart. I wrote it out on top, and That's I could really just smart. feel the rabbi yes. mortified. There's some great... I t- wasn't off book. Oh, His it's name so was Mortified. Mortified. Morty. Hello, Morty. I'm fine. Morty. Um, she's butch. She's butch? Who's that? We got this an inside joke? First Wives Club. Oh. Morty. Deborah Monk. Oh. <laughs> I know not what you I think we of. referenced First Wives Club once an episode. Easy. This is, I think, our 37th episode. My goodness. Can you believe it? That's so crazy. Did we introduce you yet? I don't think so. No. Let's do it. We're here with Katie Finneran. Hello. Obviously. Obvi. Uh, if you haven't read the title of the episode. You know Katie Finneran from stage and screen, big and small. Mm. Audiobooks? Oh, God. Voiceovers? Oh, God. Audiobook. One audiobook. You've okay. got mail? I fired myself from the other audiobook that I got. Ooh. I Okay, first of all, I'm a slow reader. ADD. Okay. Yep, me too. I can can't read. read. I can't read. But don't dare, don't you dare put a timeline on me or have me do a, a paper on the book because I will, you know, drive into a canal. Yep, same. And um, I, I got this book. I was, you know, fancy, fancy at the time. I just won something, and I they all you know, this asked me to do this really popular book. And I'm thinking to myself, yes, how hard could it be? <laughs> and I didn't even think I finished reading the book before I went in to, to read the book. So I started reading and. I started seeing like hundreds of pages before me, like just mm. ahead of me. Mm-hmm. Like Alice falling down. down yes. the hole. No, that's exactly no. right. Like Alice falling down the wall. And I started to get a panic attack mm-hmm. and hives mm. and sweating and nervousness and tripping up all of the lines. I mean, I don't know what I was thinking. And so uh, it was a really difficult way to learn that lesson, mm. but I fired myself. And I said, I'm very sorry. This is totally unprofessional, but this is not my jam. And I'm going to leave. Was it like public reading, you think? Public reading. It was a professional book yeah, on Yeah, because you're not going to do that when you're by yourself. You know who's... Because re- I did... I had a panic attack reading in high school out loud. But this was reading for like 12 hours at a right. time. <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. It's just like... Like I what started... What happened to my the, body? The words started spinning in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I did a short story and I really practiced it and it was okay. All but right. it was a short story. Tony Roberts does a whole, uh, Stuart Woods is an author, and he, t- upwards of 20, 30 books, I mean, and Tony Roberts has done all of them. What? That is a skill. It's a skill. It is a skill. I just see all those pages ahead of me. <laughs> it's like a reading when the play's not good, <laughs> and you just kind of check it's about an inch to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It was not, not my jam. An inch to go. But I love voiceovers. I love doing voiceovers. Why? Because I'm really good at it. Like yes, I can you are. really get into that character of what your wine is or what your tampons are. Or what sure. your, your You just took a voiceover class. I did. 
I love it. I love it. And I boss people around when I do it. I'm like, I think what you want is a single woman who has a best friend who has kids. And she takes her shopping on the weekends. Yeah, I, I love building characters for silly commercials. They yelled at me because I was reading the subway text to sexual. <laughs> and to me, that's you've ever seen her eat a meatball sub. I was like, I don't think you understand. Like, I will sell your subway. I will sell it. Because it's sexual. Food is sexual. Oh, I thought, you meant, me I thought you meant riding on like the, the metro like subway, like the oh, MTA no, subway. Oh, no, a sub sandwich. Sub sandwich. Like, can, you, can you not, can you, less sexual. Yeah. I'm like, I don't understand that note. We're li- <laughs> I'm going to see myself out. I have out. to do it sexual, yeah. Yeah, and you're just like, I got to go. I'm, I'm saying salami. Oh, my God, so funny. That is so funny. Like, give me that's a line reading. Called, that's called movie, a give me a line reading, please. That's called yogurt voice. It's like... Creamy, creamy yogurt. Thank you. That yogurt's so great. It's oh, a little bit like, oh, I love it. Wow, yogurt. <laughs> Damn it. Because they think they always show women alone. Yeah. Oh, after they've worked out, like eating a yogurt. Yogurt's really the least sexy. Their fierce, gorgeous kitchen. Yeah. That they've never used. Yes. No. That's the least sexy sounding word is yogurt. 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 No, but you did it. Yeah. Damn Nailed yogurt. It. Yeah. Nailed it. A little less yogurt voice. Anyway, I love it, though. But enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think of me? <laughs> we have a segment we like to do near the beginning with our guests called, um, what was your first impression of each of us? Of each of you? Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. I know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is that, that's it? That's, that's all, the question. That's all that happens? What was your first impression? Uh, uh, relief, because I knew that you had skills that I did not have, and I felt comfortable and safe in your hands, and that I could tell you anything, and you wouldn't repeat it. That was wonderful. High praise. And I think, I think that I'm right about that. Am I right about that? 100%. Got it. And you, Dana, I felt like you were happy to be in my home and that you had a beautiful, beautiful face and like a sweet, shining energy and, uh, and you gave me wine. Thank you. That's a good way to start. Yogurt. Yeah. So really comfy, a comfy feeling from you, Dana. Yes. Before the wine, even. We find first impressions very important. Yes. In life. Yes. Do you think that they need first impressions? Do you think that they need... Because obviously I didn't dress up for you guys, right? Do you think a lot of it has to do with what you are wearing? Like I Love think, Blossom, what I wore? Oh, I did that show. I know you did. I did. Um, not yeah. in do I like it or not, but in are you wearing the appropriate thing for what you're doing? Are you on... A red carpet looking like you didn't know you were coming to a red carpet? Oh, or do you that. look like you tried? You were aware of what you were doing? I'm, it's just not my flavor. Right. It's, it's part so of the So I package. don't care about the flavor. I care about are you dressing for the thing that you are doing? Right. Like I have no shoes on and I'm in jeans and a turtleneck. You're home and nobody's watching. Right. But I'm saying, do you think a person's clothes have... I don't know why I'm talking about this, but a person's That's clothes a great has question. to do with... It's part of the package. Yeah, undeniably right, part of. If the If you package. show up in a wrinkled shirt, like clearly you didn't care enough about wherever I'm seeing you. But I hate ironing. Well, sometimes it doesn't matter. If I see you at the bodega in your wrinkled shirt, what do I care? Okay, yeah. If I see you on a red carpet or even the red out carpet to eat again with, somebody, with the red carpet, how many it, it's the polar opposite. Yes, schlumpy. Yes, um, it's all relative. The least you know. someone looks like they care, yeah. the cooler I think they are. Hmm. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, like my new fanny pack. It's kind of cool. It's really my cool. My other one looked like a diaper bag. 
I really don't care though for the most part. It's all functional for me. I have yeah. two little boys and it's all about can Your I get my new subway fanny pack is very it's large. There's sexy, a little right? ring on it and you can clip stuff to it like yeah. a lip balm, a Purell but for the swinging in the front. I don't like it That's so much. That's true. That's true. It's real This cute. is the most what boring is. podcast interview. It's truly not ever. Truly it's not. Truly we not. have all okay. the questions. You printed yours so out. Mine are on my notes app. Okay, so I'm, not I'm pouring more wine. Great. Do you want more wine? Yeah. You want a Tony. Ooh, ooh, nice. Then you Here. want another one. And then you want another one. Yeah. Your first acceptance speech yes. was very different than your second acceptance speech. Wow, you're really getting in there, huh? I am. Would you care to talk about the differences? Uh, I think the first one was 2002 for Noises Off, and you got Best Performance by a Featured Actress in a play. And then the one in 2010 was Promises, Promises, Best Performance by a Featured Actress in a musical. I think that um, the first one, you're, I'm really listening. I really listened to a lot of people, and I wasn't quite in my body, in my spirit, I guess. Or that's so corny, but um, I was nervous about thanking certain people, and yep. ooh, I was a little bit nervous. And the second one, I just kind of knew what I would want to hear, and what I felt about myself. Um, I always think about how people feel when they're not in New York. Yeah, and because let's face it, this broadcast is for people who are not in New York. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's, an, it's an international, not an international. It is a. Um, um, see, I'm getting a little drunk. It's a. It's a um, nationwide. Nationwide broadcast. So it has to be a broadcast for everyone, and it has to be an, an invitation for people to come to New York and see a show or pursue that dream. And so I always think of that show being about um, talking to those people. Yeah. And I just kind of talked to, really, if, you're, if I'm being honest, I, want, I talked to myself as a kid. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know. I think it, it, because I was in touch, I was, my head, my mouth was not before my, my heart, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I could, I could tell. I watched your second one first just to prepare for this. And I was like, oh, they're so different. Mm. And you had just gotten engaged in 2010. Yeah. And you were just like in a different space. You were just so thankful and grateful. And I think I was pregnant too. Yeah, you I were think pregnant. you were also. Yeah. My, my, um, is this hashtag me too not good? My, my boobs looked really good. Can no. I say that? No. Were you wearing Monique Lillier? It was something that like, yeah, they did. Because I was like, that's why I knew I was, I knew I was pregnant. I was like, bam, she's pregnant. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeff Nashi is a very good friend of mine, and he designed it for me. And it's so, it was so wonderful because he uh, designed it for me, and I knew I would be comfortable in it. And it was just such a like a cream. Yes. Like a he did that square. It was so low. low It was so low, but I was like, bam. Yeah. Because of the baby inside me. Yeah, I always thought night. it was super cool that you won for a play and for a musical. Oh, cool. I don't think that there's a lot of multiple Tony Award winners that have done that. It's like a very... I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't see people who double dip as much as you do. <laughs> between, seriously. You, yeah. you have a very balanced mm-hmm. it's resume. It's eclectic. I really love that about um, my career. It's, I've been able to go in a lot of different directions, which is really, it feels good, you know? I think you have like from the per, the career that I would want. Hmm. Perf- you get to dip in all of these different areas and shine and your physical comedy and you're gorgeous Uh-oh. and like 
Katie Finneran, I couldn't believe when we were um, when we booked you. Oh, thank I'm you. Such a fan. Oh, thank you. Um, I saw you in It's Only a Play. You did. I wow. did. Oh, that's so I cool. I did, and I saw you in Promises, Promises, and I can tell you that I remember you opened the second act, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. It was incredible. So good. Oh, thank you. So funny. Um, congrats. On thank your life. you. Congrats on your life. <laughs> Rob Marshall really let Sean and I figure that out. It's like comedy is really like math, and you, yeah. if you don't have a great That's why partner, I'm at it. oh no, you're not. You're hilarious. What are you talking about? In life, I'm hilarious. I'm not funny on stage. So funny. It's it's math. It really is. It's math. Ooh, yeah. explain that. I can't really. Um, uh, or I'd have you to mean it's ki- technical? I'd have to kill you. <laughs> Tell me all your secrets. Well, let's see. Um, okay, let's see. I think Mike Nichols said this a long time ago, but comedy is usually antithesis. Like, I think it's going to go like this, and I'm going to see you, and it's going to be so much fun. And then you show up with poop in your hands. That's comedy. It's, yeah. it's, it's anticipating yep. something that you don't expect. And then sort of playing it in the right timing that it's funny and not just sad, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, I could that if makes you sense. gave me a circumstance, I could tell I could tell you how to well, break it down. But noises off is one of the hardest comedies I would imagine mm. to do. Yes, it, that's a scary one to me to like think about doing. Well, it's so <laughs> meticulously written. It is. It is is written by someone who that's wrote. That's music. It's an opera. Yes, written by someone who also wrote the play. Um, uh, what was it called? Um, oh, please bring it up. Huh? Not Philip, uh, Philip Bosco. Me a tenor? No, Philip Bosco. And um, um, it was about astrophysics. And uh, I pause. Beep. Michael Frayn. Look up Michael Frayn. Beep. Oh, we looked up Philip Bosco. Uh, Copenhagen. That's yeah. What it is. Okay. There you go. So Michael Frayn. Uh, who wrote Noises Off so meticulously is also the same author who wrote Copenhagen, which is about, you know, economics and math and astrophysics and Phil Bosco and Blair Brown were in it and Michael Comstey. Mm-hmm. And I went backstage afterwards and I was like, well, that was amazing. I didn't understand one word. <laughs> and Phil Bosco turns to me and he goes, neither do we. <laughs> so it's like this is a genius writer. And he just knew how to repeat things. It's about repetition also. Mm -hmm. It's like the first time you do it, the second time you lay it out, the third time it's funny. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, meticulously crafted. But then you also have to have it directed well because if you are doing too much, the audience doesn't know where to look. They don't get the right information. So when it's repeated the third time, it's not funny because they were looking somewhere else. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's the first time. Yes, exactly. So it's really... um, I, I take it very seriously. Um, how much is instinct? I, I guess it has to be specific to what you're doing, but... I don't think you can teach comedy to people. I don't think you can teach somebody to be funny. I'll teach you right now. Okay, what's the circumstance? Um, uh, uh, Uta Hagen was the greatest teacher ever. So um, you are sneaking up on somebody. How would you sneak up on somebody? If you think that you're going to... Uh, scare me by doing XYZ, but you trip and make noise yes. before right. you get there. Yes, there you go. That's, that's perfect. That's a scenario. That's perfect. You, you're trying to do one thing and something else gets in the Your way. Your expectation just shatters. Perf- that's a perfect example. Thank you. 
But that's a perfect example. Yeah. You anticipate this to happen and something else happens. But you always have to follow through with the first thing. Commitment. And you don't play, you don't play the thing that's about to happen that's going to be funny. You have to go past that and have your eye on the prize. And then it's funny because you see that follow through and then they were really, it was dismantled. That's a good secret. <sighs> that's a I good think secret. That's just part of it. I don't know. Sometimes it works. It is. It's the yin and the yang. Mm. Your expectation is uh, something different. Well, I saw Surprise. You, I saw you in um, at home at the zoo last year. Uh, and in your play, um, it was both very serious and also hilarious. Oh, good. And that you can do both the same with the same approach that we just stretched so thinly um, is another thing that I, I notice, I recognize, and I know it's hard and I can't figure out how, how one does that. It's funny because I think of it the same way. I really do. It's, there's really no difference for me. It's in the words. Just and I think there's what's on the page. Well, there's always comedy within a drama, if you want there to be, um, unless, it's, unless it's Strindberg. I think. <laughs> no, I mean, there's really always, even then, even then. True. Um, what is that play, The Conversation? Is it called The Conversation? With the two women, and one woman doesn't speak the whole time? I cannot oh. remember, but anyway, that's Strindberg. That's, there's, fun, there's humor yeah. all over sure. that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that I just look at them the same way. I really do. There's no difference. Hmm. Yeah, Megan Mullally is playing Karen Walker very seriously. Yes. But we're laughing hysterically. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. She takes her very seriously. Well done. Yes. She's got, she's got a mission. She's got an intention. Yeah, she's not just coming in to do something if funny. If she knew she was funny, we would not be laughing at it. That's right. Yeah. Comedy's hard, guys. It is. Totes. That's why we should be giving awards to comedies. Dying is easy. Done. Comedy is hard. That's Period. Right. Um, Moving on. You are from Chicago, but you grew up in Miami. Yes, I did. Yes. I'm from Wisconsin. How long were you in Chicago? Like, uh, till I was year? about seven, and then we moved to. My parents were so cold and had spent their whole yeah. lives there. They're like, we are <laughs> effing it's cold and windy. And we're going to Miami. <laughs> so we moved to Miami. Yeah. When Cute. I was seven. Yeah. Did you like it? I loved it. You know, it was really interesting. Um, it was right when uh, Castro had let the Mariolitos like come over from like all, let out all the prisons from Cuba and let all of the <laughs> criminal people Canaris. come over, <laughs> and it, Miami got really hardcore. In fact, um, yeah. one of my dad's friends had said, "You know, it's it's too much." There was a big cocaine surgeons in, uh, in this. A lot of violence was happening. A lot of break-ins. And my dad's uh, good friend had said, you know, I'm, I'm leaving. Let's have a drink before I go. I'm, I'm, I got to go. We're, we're going to move. And my dad was like, don't leave, don't leave. Let's go have a drink. And they went to this place called Neon Leon's. <laughs> and while they were at the bar, there was an execution. Now, this is not funny, but it is kind of comedy. Um, <laughs> Tragedy plus time equals comedy. Yes. Been time. And there was a man shot. And my dad's like, I get why you've decided to leave. I, okay. I, get, I get this decision. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, best to you. <laughs> Real-time examples. Yeah, as they step over the body on their way out. So it was really rough growing up, and, and our high schools integrated. So I really I grew up with a lot of kids um, from every background, mm-hmm. um, Cuban kids, black kids, uh, Puerto Rican kids, and 
I love that I did that because mm. I got to see what the world really looks like. I didn't just grow up in a in a white privileged neighborhood. It was like me, or like me. Yeah, no, it was. I great. met my first Jewish person oh. when I was maybe like twenty two. I thought everyone was Jewish. I really did. There were because there's a lot of Jewish people in Miami, sure. and I really thought all these bar mitzvahs. I was really kind of jealous. I was like. Nobody makes that big a deal when you get confirmed. No. You just take, like, a name like Courtney. Kathleen Kelly Courtney Finneran. Okay. So, like, I thought being Jewish was (laughs) really awesome. Really awesome. Yeah. I always wanted to be Jewish. I thought the whole world looked like that, though. So, um, I, uh, I'm glad because, um... You get a sheet cake. Yeah, when you get confirmed? Yeah. I don't need a sheet cake. I got a sheet cake. I think I made my own cake. A pudding cake I made. For my confirmation. Pudding cake? You like poke holes Ew. in the cake and you you get pudding in it. I don't know. Oh, like you good. squirt pudding yes. inside? Okay, in I like bag. that. I like that. So That's that when you cut it, it has like pudding down the holes. Of <laughs> <laughs> Tell me all about it, Kate. <laughs> you squirt pudding in the holes of the so cake. Good. And then you frost it. And then when you cut it, it's like, who put... It's like a Twinkie cake. Yes. I was quite the baker growing that up. That's gorgeous. Are you stone? No. I make Rice Krispie treats. Really, that's it. That's it. And I make wicked, wonderful. I should have had some today for you, but you brought edamame. (laughs) Um, Just for you, apparently. Um, Wow. Yeah, I don't really cook at all. I like to dial. You like to dial. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, But you are very crafty. Well, with you, uh, Stephen helped me. But you have a a crafty spirit. Heart. I do. I just get disorganized. You have an eye for color. And, you have an eye for, yes. like, this is how to do it. Yes. And then you just need more hands. I always want to know how things are made. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to have a, a fanny pack made. I will watch any documentary about this is how anything is made. I have Here's a how you make shoe. a Kleenex. Oh, yes. I have a shoe one that you should watch about how to make shoes. I'm obsessed with Please. shoes right now because I have hallux yeah. rigidus, which is, I can't bend my toes, which is really hard when I'm dancing. Sure. But I have to have, like, shoes especially um, I remember altered. those shoes, the only comfortable <laughs> shoes you've ever worn on stage. <laughs> and how we hunted them down on eBay. Yes, we did. And they were cheap Could shoes. Could not find more pairs. That's right. Um, it's my lifelong uh, journey because I don't want to have surgery. But uh, uh, I was watching this woman who makes shoes, and it's a dying art. And uh, the only school, proper school, I think, is in Italy. There might be one here in the United yeah. States, but it's making shoes. Because everybody buys so much crap these days that nobody really appreciates how it's actually made. I think there's sure. a place in Brooklyn, my friend Dane came to take, like, cobbler lessons. Really? Yeah. Where is and he's ha- Dane? He's in Wisconsin, but... Where did he go? Great oh, there's a, yes, there's a new school in Brooklyn. You're right. He, he You're came right. here to visit his sister, and yes. he's like, while I'm visiting you, I'm going to take this shoemaking class You're for a right. weekend. right. There is. And he had his bag with him and his leather and his little Ooh, model, and I was like, you're the coolest person <gasps> I've ever met. I'm signing up. What's in my bag? I'm signing More up. wine. <laughs> I also good. learned how to make gold jewelry. I learned how to be a goldsmith, like melt yes. jewelry and make jewelry. And Speaking of first life. I love that love. stuff. I love like learning how to do things. And I want to learn how to knit. I know how to knit. Do you? Nothing fancy, but I know how to like Stop it. make a scarf. I heard crochet. Delia Efren wrote a great book called There Is No Wrong Way to Crochet. I could never I get into one. crocheting, but Sutton Foster same, is, is easier a than knitting? master. Crochet? Yeah. 
How is it different from knitting? Uh, it's different one needle. needles. It's yeah, it's one needle. It's a hooky moment, mm. and it's about it's the and same then, idea. Like a series of knots makes a thing. Okay. This is knitting. But I, knitting is too. It's transferring from one needle to the other. Oh. To add but giving knots. me like a pattern, I just I will drive into a canal. Mm. Yeah, I don't want a pattern. I just want you just want to go. one color. We're yeah. taking prayer requests for Katie Finneran for her feet. Prayer? Oh, <laughs> and no canal diving. Oh, I only say canals. that because when I was a kid, I had to do a, a term paper, and I was sixteen, and I was driving, and I was like, I can't finish this. I think I'm going to drive into the canal. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that deep. I wouldn't have like killed myself, but it certainly would have caused a ruckus. Uh, an excuse had, to a get an excuse. extension. Yes. Yeah. Were you, so you were not a good student? You know, I was a great student, actually. Uh, I won the science fair, but only because I could stand up in front of everyone and explain, and explain how titration acid worked. What was your test. project? Titration. But like, what did you do? It's about, uh, it's like a, a pH, like pH and acid. Yeah, with the like cabbage a, water and you yes, had the acid very and good. But I was a phenomenal presenter. And uh, I could always explain like history, but tell me to write mm-hmm. a um, a uh, what do you call it? Term Had you paper? taken tests verbally, verbally, you would have oh. done better on them. Oh, yes. I mean, and it's it's. I love um, when people take the time to learn how kids actually learn, because not everybody learns the same way. Mm-hmm. And we we kind of knew. My mom took me for testing, and it was all that was off the charts. But she was like, "Oh, you're nice, and you're." Fairly good looking. You'll be fine. <laughs> You're a handsome girl. You'll you'll be fine. You're charming. Cut and to 2019. No, but it's it's Glenn a learning thing. It's a learning thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. um, it's a. Uh, I love visual. Learning. I was always inspired by uh, the teacher. If I liked the teacher, didn't matter what the subject was. Mm. I did not have a strong subject or a weak subject. If you were cool and I got that you weren't here for the check, and you took interest in me and who I am and also got the work done, mm. I did not want to let you down. Wow. It was like a coach. That's it was great. like, I don't want you to think less of me, so I'm going to show up for you. Wow, that's if great. If you were just there phoning it in, so was I. Wow. I felt that way about my math teacher, and I actually said, made an appointment with him after class, and I was like, listen, this whole math thing is not going to work out between us. <laughs> and I think you're a terrific teacher, you but up. you're speaking Chinese to me, and it's never going to happen. So it's not that I don't respect you. It's not that I haven't tried. I have tutors at home. My mother has to stop spending her money on my tutors because I don't get it. But I get other things. And he kind of worked with me and let me sort of not fail. Well, I just yeah. didn't get it. I just didn't get it. Well, I think you approached him like an adult. You were like, I did approach him like that. Oh, yeah. Like, so, I'm so. not. Oh, I would yeah. have been like, I can't. No, I was like, listen, this You're is like, not. It's not you. It's just. Because my friends would go home cute. and not even bring their math books and get it. Like, just do it. And I thought that this is, there's something else happening here. But they couldn't stand up and speak in front of a class. So right. I thought d- different people have different strengths. Uh, That's so strengths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's be in a group. And then the group gets an A. Because it sure. takes a village. Sure. Yes. You know? It takes a village mm-hmm. to learn math. It really does. Yeah. My Wait. mom was a math teacher. Wow. Never good at it. Really? Ty, my son Ty uh, has math. And he's in, what is he in first grade? He's in second grade. And yeah, I couldn't, I didn't know what grade he was in just then. Um, Keeping it. I can never remember. They're six and seven and, they, and then it changes and I can never remember. They're like, I just can't believe second grade. They're 15 months apart. So, um, 
his math, sometimes I'm like, uh, I'm not really sure what's going on here because there's a new way of teaching it. I've heard about this new math. Yeah. It's very visual, though. It's visual, though, which is great. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. New God. math. Mm. I wonder if I had to have high school for a day, what grades I would get. Oh, oh Like awful. what I've retained. I think I'd fail across the board. Yeah. Across the board. I think I'd be better at learning now. You'd be better at learning. At learning in general. Because I didn't want to then. And now I'm like, that was the easy part. Because you have choice in what you're learning. Which is what I guess college is for. All of a sudden everyone talks about how much they love college because they got choice in what they studied for the first time. Yes, so you're you're focusing on something. So I get that. I won't go so far as to say I enjoyed college. You would never. I had to write papers and... Yeah, but like there history. was still stuff. There was still more stuff I didn't want to do than stuff I wanted to do. Right, like history, like uh, wars and all that stuff, like dates and colonels and stuff. Give me Hamilton. Yeah, give me Hamilton. Oh, That's how I'll remember it. Manuel, thank you so much. I wish everything was saving the world. By Manuel, that we could learn. Yeah, all about our the history. drama bookshop. Thank you, Lin Manuel. What? What happened? Oh, the he drama bookshop it? was going to close. He saved it. He bought it. He bought it. What? Lynn Manuel Miranda bought the drama bookshop. What? Sure did he have a partner I in think that? the team of Hamilton. When did this I come out? Create, a week ago. Stop mm-hmm. it. I think the creative team of Hamilton got together and bought the drama bookshop. Stop it. Can you believe that is the sexiest thing I've ever, ever heard happened. of in my life? Are you kidding me? Breaking news. Oh my gosh. Breaking. I love him. I think they're moving. I think they're still going somewhere else. But what they are not ever. closing. That's amazing. Come on. Oh my God. It's the exact right thing. It's oh, the exact right thing. Because that's where we all started. That's where we all went when we first moved here. It was before the internet. I mean, anybody yes. who's been here more than 10 years knows like you had to go there to get books and hopefully somebody wrote a book look it on up. it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely right. Special order, please. What a beautiful, beautiful gesture. What a beautiful gesture. That's he so seems amazing. superhuman. He is. He's a lovely he is. guy. He's a lovely guy. He's carrying a lot. Well, I but think it seems he, effortless. Well, I don't know if it's effortless, but he has the energy for it because he loves it so much. Yes. I know him very socially, peripherally. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we would say hello to each other if we saw each other, but I um, have a lot of friends who are close friends with him, and mm-hmm. he's just a lovely guy. He's really, um, he's bought a theater up in um, Washington, Washington Square. No, not Washington Square. Washington, Washington Heights. Washington Heights. Yeah. And, um, He's really revitalizing that community, and Absolutely. he's a lovely guy. He bought that theater? Yeah. Great. That makes sense. Yeah. Great. So lovely. Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Please go. We'll get you there. Okay, thanks. It's really extraordinary. I mean, it's extraordinary. I've never heard one person, even with all the hype. <laughs> you can keep playing, sweetheart. We, we limit the video games, so he's being respectful. Bless How many more minutes till time is Bless his heart. Yeah. And the answer is, whenever your minutes are Whenever out. my interview is over, honey. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's on my list? I want to know about... So, obviously, we know your... I know your stage career very well. All my questions pertain to your small, little things in everything that I love so much. Um, including, but not limited to... Um, <laughs> Sex in the City. <gasps> I love it. Miss Congeniality 2. Yes. Thank you. Best performance ever. Uh, and you've got mail. 
Oh, awesome. I love talking about these. Okay. Sex in the City was the second Bing episode. Crosby. The very second episode of... Now, mind you, I was here... Purple knitted top. <laughs> with Patricia Fields, who I just yeah. worked with on Murphy Brown. Ah! And she's... Uh, yeah, she's, she's really exciting. Um, but... That was the second episode, and I overheard the women talking about uh, insisting that they get rides to work, that they didn't have to take the subway. We're talking about the leads. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So they were saying like, "No money." We on that want show it. Yet. No, you can see it in the first season. There's no money in the second episode. I mean, the no money. Patricia Field has gone on record about it. She's like, "I was in thrift shops, doing the best I could." I mean, it's it's incredible. The second season is like glossorama, like beautiful. But the funny story about that is Cynthia Nixon and I were already good friends from um, years, years, years before that, and uh, my dad came with me to set, and that dinner dinner table scene yeah. took 15 hours and my dad came and it was his first time like on a set and he by like the eighth hour he's like oh, I'm gonna kill myself <laughs> this is the most boring he's thing he's like Bing Crosby yeah. where's that canal where the yeah Wait, where's the canal it was like the most boring thing he had ever experienced in his life by like, the 15th hour he was like Oh my god! How do I get home on the subway? How do I get home? <laughs> but um, I always refer to that as the most boring day my dad, my dad ever had in the business. That's yeah, so good to know. Yeah, Dems to breaks. Yeah, I think I actually auditioned for one of those roles. Also, really for yes. one of the women. Yes, I know Cynthia auditioned for Carrie, mm-hmm. and then I think I auditioned for I don't know, probably one of them. who's the one that's Charlotte. All, yeah, Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah. Charlotte's, I remember we were all sitting on the really floor audi- auditioning for the show. Bunny McDougal, did you write her name down? Who's oh. That? I forget. But it was in a text message. It was in a text message. The woman who played Charlotte's mother-in-law for a time, you won the Tony over in 2002 or three. Two. I forget her name. What was her name? I texted her. She played Bunny McDougal. Okay. Frances Sternhagen. Franny Sternhagen? Yeah. Is the greatest woman in history. She's such Nobody's an amazing. Been more perfectly cast. She's such an incredible stage actress. I did, uh, um, I did the heiress with her with Cherry Jones and Phil Bosco and I Michael Cumstein. You did. Yes, I did. Oh no, John Tenney. Um, it was such an incredible experience, and she is the loveliest woman. Had seven children. Would work Whoa. up until would work in the theater up until her seventh, you know, month in preg- pregnancy, eighth month. And she's just like a theater, extraordinary theater actress. She's like a goddess. No oh. one in theater has seven children. Oh, she she did. I know. She's wow. she's amazing. Really amazing. Whew. It was her birthday the other day. Franny Sternhagen. Franny. Francis. So good. Yeah. Really great actress. Okay, talk about working with Tom Hanks and Nora Ephron, please. Okay, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks was <laughs> unbelievable. I had, I think I shot two or three days on You've Got Mail. I had originally auditioned to play Tom Hanks' girlfriend. The Parker Posey went role. Through, yes, Parker Posey role. I went through a rigorous, uh, it was a much bigger part. It was a lot, she was a literary giant. Uh, I think a literary um, agent, I think, or a literary uh, critic. 
And there were monologues and monologues. And I had met with Nora Ephron many times doing these monologues, and I loved it. It was great. We really liked each other. And um, oh I didn't get it. God. Parker Posey got it. But Nora Ephron said, would you please just be in my film? And I said, I absolutely. And she gave me the... Never marry a man who lies. Never marry a man who lies. And, uh, and she gave me Nanny Maureen. And it was like my first... I did a horror film before that, but it was like my first you know, classy film. And my first day of rehearsal, uh, my first day of shooting, Tom Hanks, you know, already knew the crew, already knew everybody, and he, like, would change his body position to include me in inside jokes. He would introduce me to the crew people. It's like, he wasn't flirting, he wasn't doing, he was just like, you're on set, you're in this scene, this is what we were talking about yesterday, you're, I mean, he was... Not overly effusive, but just kind. What a awesome. Dreamboat. Then, oh. Oh. the next day shooting was a scene on a pier on the uh, 76th Street piers. Mm-hmm. And I had to walk down, it was very cold and very windy. I had to walk down this pier, uh, start way, way over here, walk, 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 where the entire crew was waiting. And they put down a little piece of tape where I was supposed to stand with this other um, actress that I was doing the scene with hit the piece of tape, look at Tom, and then do that. He says, oh, you're getting a, you're getting a divorce. And I said, oh, never marry a man who lies. And I would start way back, and I'd say, okay, action! And I'd walk, 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 really long walk, 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 and look down at my mark. And Nora was like, we can see you looking down at your mark! And so I'd go back to one, and everybody would get better. And walk, 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 walk. Cut. We can see you looking down at your mark. And it was really uncomfortable. Oh, no. Tom was busy. He was on the phone with that um, World War II show that he was doing that was such a big success on um, oh, cable yes, at the yes, time. Uh, 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 when he Band started of Brothers. Band of or, Brothers. When he started, yeah. he was very busy. Whoa. He was very busy. Good pull. And he looked at me with such kindness and such empathy and he said hey 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 hey!" because Nora was starting to get pissed off he said hey hey hey, let's get this girl a sandbag when I first started my my career I always used a sandbag that way you can just kick it with your toe you know you're in the right place and you don't have to look down he basically stood up in front of the entire crew and said I'm gonna look out for this girl she learns differently knock it off you know basically I got her back and I'll never forget it. And um, I just thought it was such a kind, kind thing to do. Sure. And many, many years later, we had dinner with Marty Short just uh, uh, and Michael McGraw. And uh, I told him about it. And he was like, yeah, I'm pretty great, aren't I? No, you know, he is. He's amazing. Can you he's, see me? Am I still he's here? Very, he's very wonderful. He's just a great guy. And so is Rita. Rita's a lovely I woman. So I did a show much. with Rita, and we shared a dressing room, and um, she is phenomenal. And she stood up for me in a job where uh, they had hired me, then maybe decided they wanted a star, so they were, gonna, they were re-auditioning stars. But she got on the phone with producers and was like, oh, no, you don't. Do you wow. know what you have? And it really stood up for me, and it was a beautiful thing. So I try to do that for other people, too. Yeah, I went to go see her show at Joe's Pub. Like I did too. Years ago, wasn't she great? Yeah. Yeah. I saw it at the Carlisle. Yeah, yeah, she's great. She's the lovely coolest. woman. She's so cool. It's a girls' night out. Yeah, it was like that was the old Joe's Pub where like you went backstage. Remember? You oh, could yeah. just like walk and say Through hi. The kitchen. Yeah, yeah. The kitchen. Yeah. And like 
Renee Zellweger was standing behind me, like oh. in line to see Rita Wilson oh. to say hi. So sweet. Like, this is the weirdest place I'm in. It's a good couple. That's a good yeah. couple. Really kind. Yeah. So oh, there's that. that. You mentioned the Carlisle, and it immediately made me want for you to have a Carlisle show. Do you like doing the one-woman cabaret stuff? I know you've done it. I would, I've done it, and I would do it much differently this time. Last time I was sort of like Hallmark card, like, this is who I am. This the obligatory. Is what I've been through. And yeah. I wouldn't do that again. I would do characters. And mm. I have an idea for something that I might do, um, but I would do uh, characters. I'd yeah. like to do it. Yeah. But they're hard, it's hard to sell tickets. I'm not on social media, so you that really kind of have to be in something. Point. And then... I wanted to bring up is that like you're not the girl that everyone sees about town going to every opening and every gala and every benefit and every everything. You are so busy and so um, I don't know, not concerned with that part of it. I never have been. I always I love to work. I love to work with great people. I love to be respected by great, really intellectual, wonderful, um, artistic people that give me a high and teach me something. And I never cared about being famous or... I never cared. I just never cared. Never cared. I still don't care. Sure. So I never did social media. I never did... Um, I don't care. I have, I have a, you know, children to look after yeah, and busy. people to talk to that, I need, that need my attention and I need theirs and I don't need to do it through... I'm not judging it. I'm really not because a lot of people just love it. And, and they I, have different lives than you. Yes, exactly. If you're single or you're, you know, young or that's just the way the world is. And I'm, I'm really not judging it. But I did do a master class with 300 kids. They were from 18 to 24. And I didn't set it up to be negative at all. But I said, I want, we had spent many hours together and it was kind of an intimate setting. And we were really talking about serious stuff. I was being very honest with them about my struggles. And I said, please be honest. How many of you feel better after they've been on social media and not one person raised their hand. So that, that really says something to me. I think it's just better to call a friend and say, let's get together and make marshmallow fluff or, you know what I mean? Just like, let's connect. I agree. Because it's getting so um, arbitrary and this is the way I want my world to look and this is the filter I'm going to put on my face so that I can look beautiful and you don't really look like that so then when you meet up with somebody Perception it's is like, not reality yeah it's like disappointing like wait what happened to that glow <laughs> that's why you know I try not to um who knows if I won't do it but I, I haven't done uh Botox I did Botox when I was like 35 and I'm going to be 48 next week and I decided that's good Botox not Ooh. to do it no I decided not to do it for about I don't know seven years or so. I haven't done it and I think that I'm going to try not to do it it's a hard decision because everybody wants to look, you know, You have the fresh most young. flawless skin oh, of anyone I've ever sat across Alabaster. from in oh, real life. Oh, Well, what I'm okay, saying is, but, but but I'm saying is incredible. this is all here for me to uh, deliver on the screen or the yeah. stage. So, but again, I'm not judging anybody who does Are it. Are you Irish? Yes. Yeah. But like I've, full blood? Yes. Uh, a little bit of German. Somebody slept with a German in oh, there somewhere. Yeah. No, Irish skin is like... Unbeatable. Oh, it's the potatoes. It is. It really is. But I'm just saying, like, the women that have started doing it, when I started, I'm so glad that I didn't continue because Mm -hmm. um, they look, it's, I think it's more than, well, more than anything, I think it's 
it's um, distancing. Mm-hmm. It distances you from the person that you, their originals feel. I don't right. know. I agree. I don't know. I'm not judging it. I'm really not. I could show up here next week and be completely... Totally <laughs> do you. Wait, guys. What's going on? I can hear you. No, please. Oh, my God. That my makes me... My forehead like, doesn't crying yeah. immediately. Yeah. Don't ever do that. I'm just trying not to, you know, hopefully... Um, I'll Barbara be the woman Walsh who... Barbara Walsh is the queen of the um, Operation Less Facelift. Really? She, she was doing... I was in college, and I was taking a class called the Tony Awards. Okay. Easiest day I've ever seen. What received. is that class... About. Every week we looked at a new play and there would be speakers somehow associated with that show. Maybe they were in a revival of something. Maybe they wrote it. Maybe it was William Ivy Long. Okay. And they'd come in, they'd talk about that show that we had presumably read and listened to and mm-hmm. knew inside and out. Um, and Barbara Walsh came in for company week. It was she and somebody else. Uh, and she talked about, she said, if you watch that DVD... You know, right now I look like this. And then she just, without moving, like, brought her whole face upwards oh, yeah. just with her yeah. presence. And she's like, and this is Joanne. Like, this how is how you did you move on. your ears? How did you change the location and become this other person? It was spooky. Wow, because she could move her face, that's why. Because she can move her face. She had options. But when you look in the... I'm going to speak for myself... When I'm putting on makeup in the mirror, I'm not doing it like this. I'm doing it like this. So I think I look like this all the time. And I do not. I look like this. Like, it completely just like, now I'm a pup, like a sad French bulldog. And now I'm a swan, you know? Hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not following you. I'm That's sorry. okay. No one does. No, wait, it's not. I'm not no following. No one's when you're, ever when you're, said anything to you other than you are When you're putting on makeup, gorgeous. yes, in the mirror, yes, are you doing it like like this, I'm walking down the street face, or are you doing it like everything's pulled back when you're, you're putting lifted. on paint? I do it in three minutes or less, <laughs> so Thank I don't you. really know. Yeah, you're one of the cool kids. I, I don't know. I just do it while I'm. I stand there for three hours and I'm holding someone's lunch. Yeah. That's well, you're gorgeous, really by the way. Interesting question. What's at your dressing table? You. You're in a show. You know what? I have to really, uh, 48 years old, I really have to learn next show to not have a messy dressing table. <laughs> it's always messy. And I just throw everything into a bin. I try to be dressed. It's just like, it's awful. I'm always looking for something. If it it's works, just, it works. I guess it does. But it's just usually makeup and... You know, just your the required you. you live there, stuff. so it's yeah. makeup and maybe a, if it's really if it's winter and I'm depressed, I bring like a sun lamp to get a little like bizarre. Vitamin D. Idea. And then your winter is the worst bottle of red. Yes, exactly. Winter is the worst. Um, that's at my dressing table, and a candle. Although it's not legal to bring a candle. Well, not light it. A candle. Yeah, exactly. And I like it. You know what? If the lighting is bad. Um, I make friends with the old Ayatsi boyfriends, mm-hmm. and they come and fix the lighting. Because they started doing these blue lights. I looked Mm-mm. in, and I was like, I'm going to kill myself. No. <laughs> I'm about to kill myself. Anybody? Bring in the warm lights. Blood on your hands. Yeah, yeah. Like, but these are LED. They're gonna, yeah. They won't make your dressing myself. room hot. You're like, I need a different color. If you want me dead in the next 15 minutes, leave the lights the way they are. Yeah. Oh, a blue light. No, thank you. Yeah, no, those are, harsh. those are harsh. We have a series of rapid-fire questions. Hit it. These are like new for 2019. They are. So you are the first to answer them. Great. 
um, what is the last frivolous, I don't need it, but I'm buying it anyway thing you bought? Fanny pack. What's the last first thing you did? What? The last time you did something for the first time. Uh, went to a class at the Open Center. Great. Hot dogs or hamburgers? How tall is my hamburgers? What? <laughs> Hot dogs. Would you please enunciate? Hot dogs or hamburgers? She says hamburgers, of course. Duh. Sparkling or flat? You know, in my old age, I'm starting to enjoy the sparkling. I would always say flat, and now I'm moving into a little sparkling. You know what I do? I take frozen berries. Put them in your Put them in a glass, and then put some seltzer in it. And it is delicious. Mm -hmm. And you keep refurbishing mm -hmm. the, uh, the, refurbishing, that's not the right word. Replenishing. Replenishing, thank you. Uh, the, you send the fruit The berries, yes. Please be refurbished. And then you just keep drinking it. It's fantastic. Move on. What are your best four bars of Gypsy? Um, 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 wherever we go, whatever we do, we're gonna go through it together. We sang that in our live show. Great. Um, what's a memorable onstage mishap? Banana on the bottom of Cherry Jones's dress in the heiress. You're gonna have she to. She ate a banana. And so I went, went to throw out the banana, and somehow it didn't get into the garbage. We have, you know, we're, we're these big crinolines and the big dress. It was 1850. Mm -hmm. And somehow the banana peel <laughs> was stuck to the lace of her dress on the outside, and I was the maid in the show, and I noticed the banana peel on her dress and just, like, sort of covertly went maid. and got the you banana peel it was off your job. the dress. Yeah, Cherries and bananas! Oh, my... God, yep. uh, that's brilliant. What are you currently obsessed with, besides shoes? Shoemaking, definitely. Um, the way people make things, like honoring people who make things, who know things that I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, Freud, I've been doing studying Freud lately, just like the history of Freud. Mm -hmm. um, and I would like to learn how to crochet. All very attainable. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'd like to learn how to juggle, most importantly. Whoa. Juggle. I feel like anyone at this Can you tell can that I don't have a job right now? Yeah, I can kind of juggle. <laughs> Great. Can you tell I'm on a hiatus? Enjoy it. Yes, I will. Um, what was your high school mascot? Don't know. Don't care. If you had to... Panther. Panther. No, it wasn't. I was from the New World School of the Arts. I think it was the New World... Travel Club? Oh, I know. It was the Pigeon. Tap shoes? We, we downtown pigeon. Miami, so we, it was the Pigeon. I Very vocal. Think. Animal. Ooh. Move on. If you had to change your first name, what would you choose? Veronica. God, you're so weird. If you were a drag queen, what would your name be? Stella. <laughs> Who would you love to work with that you have not already? I think I would really like to work with one of those Australian men that we keep giving jobs to. They're just like hunky and wonderful. Like a Hemsworth? A Hemsworth brother, or a or a um, or a, um, uh, um, who's the guy who did? Ah, um, uh, he was in the Americans. He was in British. the Lovers, mm -hmm. the Lovers, Loving, Loving that movie, Loving. What's his name again? Loving. John. One of the Australian men. <laughs> they just seem like men, men. You know. Loving film. Cast. 
Joel Edgerton. Joel Edgerton. One of those lovely, Cute. nice, masculine sort of stage actor, movie star people who would really appreciate the fine art of exchanging emotions. Favorite book or favorite author? The Things They Carried um, by Tim O'Brien. Tom O'Brien. Tim O'Brien. O'Brien. We should do an In the Room book club. <gasps> Good luck. Um, he is uh, such an extraordinary writer who uh, wrote about the Vietnam War and the repercussions of emotional repercussions of being in the Vietnam War. It's my favorite book. I cried and cried and cried and cried when I read it. And Jhumpa Lahiri's um, uh, Interpreter of Maladies. Both on the record and noted, and I'll listen to this and remember those titles and look them up. All right, hypothetical. Hmm. You are craving dessert and you have nothing in the house that qualifies as dessert. What is your secret last ditch effort? I'm gonna get something sweet in this mouth if it kills me. Dessert. I can always make chocolate chip cookies. What if you didn't have chocolate chips? I can make something with sugar and flour and butter. You would just make some sort of dough. It would and be put it, in it an would oven. be a horrifying situation because I have a sweet tooth. Mm-hmm. So it would be some sort of sugar dough situation because what else would you do you always have sugar you always have flour yeah but you're saying or she'd just call it up i would call that shit she'd dial excuse me (laughs) i would eat a can of pineapple good one very good love a good cold can of pineapple just eat that i love it Mm. um we sort of tapped on this but can you cook no don't care maggie smith or judy dench judy dench uh what was the last subway line you rode the a What's your sign? Aquarius. You can have lunch with three people not in your chosen industry. One living, one dead, one fictional. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Albert Einstein. And what's, this, what's the third one? Uh, a fictional. Like person. Winnie the Pooh. Or like... Sweeney Todd. <laughs> Ooh. Nice. Because he's, he's Call sexy. Cafe Lux. He's sexy. Um, what's a performance that inspired you as a kid? Angela Lansbury doing anything. Yeah. I just really thought that she was, you know, she took her womanhood into a whole new level and had a great career in television and was a big star on Broadway and just was honorable and confident and still somehow humble. It is. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's a lovely woman, but still kind of a goddess, you know, queen. Goddess. Yeah. And you've had dinner with her. Yes, I have. Probably many times. She is my lover. Yeah. That's what I heard. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and last but certainly not least, can a fact be a beautiful thing? I think facts are overrated. Ooh, interesting. You know what can be a beautiful thing is science. It's so extraordinary, and there's so much magic in science. If you look at, like, string theory... Like what? Go ahead. No, just actual magic. Magic. It's the correct word if for science. You, yes. If you don't think that the world is full of magic, you're look incorrect. At, can you feel the flush of my 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 two <laughs> six and seven year old boys out. just flush the toilet? Sexy, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that science is. If you need evidence for magic in the world, look at science. Because there's things that can't be explained. I mean, they just can't. I mean, they're facts, and they're, yeah. they're scientific facts. And they also change. Yeah. It's exciting. 
everyone is um, there are seven very well-known dwarves in history. If you were the eighth dwarf, what would your name be? Enchanted. Enchanted dwarf. I think that's that fitting. Yeah, yeah, no, that fits. That works for me. I'll take it. Not to judge your answer, but that fits. Mine well is done. Nishi. Like, I'm, I like to be enchanted by things. Like, I can find anything interesting. You really anything. can. You, re- you well, have so that. many interests. I do. <laughs> But I go to take put but me in a cocktail so party. So many performers do not because really? they're so focused on the one huh. interest. You love to learn a new skill. You love to go watch a documentary about how something is made shoes. that you will never make. What's your point? I might trend? make shoes. Hold on, I might you, make shoes. You might make shoes, but you would also watch the making of whatever. Yeah, I would. I love that stuff. I love it. I was going to ask you what your party trick is. That I can talk to anybody and find it interesting. I mean, it's not, it's not funny, but yeah, I totally. You and Penny are good at that. What Penny finding? You're just being able to talk to mm-hmm. anybody. But fi- but but not just being able to talk to them. Like really finding, finding something, something to talk about. There's rare that I can't be interested in some some because everybody's life is so different, mm-hmm. and they always if you can really make them comfortable, you can find out who their grandfather was and how he ran away from the blah blah blah. You know, it's, yeah. I think it's it's uh, if you give people a chance that aren't normally given a chance or not normally people that other people are drawn to. I think mm-hmm. there's always a great story there. Love. God, you're smart. Love. What else is on your list? Don't look at my oh, list. Oh, sorry. Um, working with kids. Oh, God. Little girl. Fair enough. You play drunk a lot. What's that? I do, yes. You play drunk a yes, lot. Yes, it's a prerequisite. Um, I, I imagine the research that goes into that part of the role is very fun. Yeah, I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't really big, drink at all. This is the first time I've ever had a drink with you. Yes, I, I don't drink at all. I'm, I don't really, I'm not really interested You're a health in nut. it. But um, you love there's a kale such an... smoothie, <laughs> a blended. Yeah, I do like a good sweet wine, though. You know what? It's it's. I, I was very lucky when I did uh, Hannigan in Annie because I had just had a baby. I started working when my first son was 15 months and my second son was six weeks old. So I was uh, pumping in the bathroom between uh, breaks, in breaks. And the little girls, I just knew that I absolutely would not have the energy to um, befriend the little girls because I just didn't have time. I was exhausted. And I was, uh, so I kept my distance, which was a good thing because normally I love children and I love talking to children. I love them. I love children. So I was. It's a huge cast. But yeah, and it's a lot. And I didn't want to become friends with one child and not, you know, it's like, it's a big, my favorite quote of, of the girls is, uh, they're like, your dressing room smells like roses and magic. Our dressing room smells like cookies and feet. (laughs) Yeah. See, they were, they were adorable. They were all adorable. They were hardworking and hopefully it was a good experience for them. But, um, but it's, you know, doing stuff with kids is hard because your timing is a little off because they're not necessarily... You know, they're tired, too. Right. Um, but it was great to be able to do a show where kids could come and see it. That's a rare opportunity sure. on Broadway. Like, how many times will I get to And Annie's to not it? a show where you can have three different kids covering the same part because the kids are in it too much. What? 
Wait, what do you mean? I don't know. Maybe am I wrong that because yes, you can. Usually, when there's at one point there was like three kids because they were all had the flu. <laughs> it was really? like the understudies, and then we had different Annies going on back and on. Yeah, one nice. little girl got thrown on so fast for Annie that she looked like Benjamin Franklin because her wig <laughs> was really far back, and I got the giggle so bad because no. she had her wig was on so far back because they just threw the wig on her. Yeah. That's amazing. I guess my point was that any most shows the the child part is at the beginning, and then an adult comes in and plays in the Shreks in the um, Kinky Bootses. Kinky Bootses. The child is in the beginning of the show. Yeah, there's like a kid strategically who, placed. Yeah, they plays like young whatever. They run on and say, Ooh, "Hi." They I have love a you. small to show like this is them as a kid, and now here's. It gives them the backstory. So there's the kid oh. that plays the backstory. Yeah, but in like, in like young Cosette, young Eponine. They're there for a second. Yes, but I, I, I throw a wrench in your theory because uh, the um, uh, waitress, mm-hmm. which I just saw and loved. I saw Gavin Creel and, and, and Sarah Burles. Come and, on. Oh, my God. It was so wonderful. But that little baby's on at the end. I was like, yeah. there's a baby in the show and it's like 11 o'clock. <laughs> it's at 11 o'clock. Yeah. She's like, ka-ching. <laughs> So that's not my theory. My theory is that when that when the part is that size, they usually have three of them and they rotate them so no kid is doing more than two or Got three a it. week. Got Annie it. Annie is not that show. Got it. No. It's so not those that kids show. are extraordinarily tired. Yes. And, and like school of You rock, listeners. That they are the show. Imagine yes. being nine years old yeah. and working the same hours. But they loved it. It was fun. I would it's have had the energy for them. them. I don't have it now. Mm. I would have been like, I, I will always be a little angry that I never got to play Gavroche in Les Mis. Mm. That would have been a fun set to climb. Mm. It would have been fun to die every night. Yeah. Sure. I wanted it. Yeah. Can we do a little bit now, right now? Just to... How do you do? My name's Gavroche. These are my people. Here's my patch. I don't remember the rest. Is that the kids part? Yeah. Oh, you're hired. You sounded like a, <laughs> a 60-year-old like man. A, like Murray. Yeah. Well, it's still me playing it. What else on your list? Any other That's questions? it. Is that, that, did oh, we yeah, get through no. everything? Yes. My list got mostly tapped too. We've, we've covered a lot here. We've gone from shoes to Tom Hanks. Oh, I wanted to ask you about working with Stephen Sondheim. Oh, yeah. Because um, I can't not. Sorry. Stephen Sondheim. You got to do Getting Married Today in the Philharmonic production of Company. Yes. With Patti LuPone, with Aaron Lazar. With Neil Patrick Harris, Neil Patrick Harris with um, Stephen from Colbert. Mad Men. With who it was? Mad Men. Christina Hendricks. Christina mm. Hendricks. Mm. Can I just tell you something? She's so beautiful in person. I mean, I had a crush on her. She's mm-hmm. like Marilyn Monroe. She's so beautiful. We all did. We would just stare at her. She wore she's, these she's really like tight jeans, she had little waist, and these curvy and like a beautiful, ugly, and gorgeous. I mean, just again that beautiful. Irish skin. And very sweet. Very, very lovely woman. Um, that show is a nightmare for me because uh, I had actually worked with Stephen Sondheim many years before on the workshop of um, uh, Passion. Passion. That's not true. That's true. Cass Morgan and I were the uh, chambermaids, <laughs> and my role was uh, I'm not going to sing it for you, but I did that workshop. And then uh, I had auditioned for him a couple of times for different shows, and uh, a couple of them workshops I got, uh, but couldn't do. And then when this came along, he wasn't really around. He came to see it and everything, mm-hmm. but he uh, he liked the show. I know that much. 
When I did Company, uh, I, I was I get PTSD when I watch that movie because I it was such a stressful experience. I had just had a baby. Uh, he was eight weeks old when we shot that, when we did the performance, mm-hmm. performances. But when he was three weeks old, I went to Los Angeles to shoot a sitcom. And while I was shooting the sitcom called I Hate My Teenage Daughter, I was learning the entire show of Company from a videotape of a Pace University student with a T-shirt on saying Amy. So I would watch that and try to learn all the blocking while learning my lines. It was, and then I have like ADHD plus I'm um, a little dyslexic. So like I learned it backwards because like I'm not learning it with her facing a mirror. I'm learning it with her looking at me. Mm, So mm -hmm. like you have to, anyway, I learned the whole thing backwards. But, um, so when I did the performances, I really felt like I might be brought off the stage on a stretcher and wow. like never wake up because like, this is too much on my nervous system. And it's such and a hard And milk was just like sun. coming out of my, I mean, everywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm um, uh, fuller in the show. I wear like a white dress and I remember being like, okay, well at least I can't see the milk sure. because it's like dripping through the dress. Um, but I think, I'm glad it's on tape because That's it reminds me of- crime. You were a hate crime. It reminds me of a time in my life that I, I got through, you know? Yeah. I, and it was... I was given that song at a place where we were performing songs. And I was given it, like, two days before guests arrived what? to see us perform. I had never heard of it. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, I had, like, paper for that last chunk. Candle holders. Go, 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 I was like, I don't know. I don't know the... I don't know that. Oh, I'm so gonna hard. have to like, yeah. And I was like crawling around on stage, so and I was just like, I'm gonna it's have so to hard. use this nervousness in this song. Yeah. it will have to serve me. Yeah, because My, there's no other way around it. It's also a hard it's song. Terrible. It's it's also a hard song to figure out. How are we telling this? What is the story? Yeah. And how are we telling this story? Frank. Yeah, and I how think will, I did how it. Will people hear it. But it was a it was a major deconstruct of like, what is? Where are we? What are we actually doing? You can't just pretend. Right. Um, you have to know, and when you're all angry, what, what's the reality? And so I just incorporated the orchestra, yeah. and then I um, came up with something with Paul Gimignani where I took his uh, his, um, his, wand. his his baton, and I smashed it and threw it. Uh, and he was really sweet to do that with me. But I, it's a hard song to figure out how to land. My friend Byron and I have a show called Sondheim in the City where we read scenes from Sex in the City and then plug in the appropriate Sondheim song oh, Heaven. to do that. And we did <laughs> Charlotte getting married to Trey. So I sang getting married today with changed lyrics. How do you change the lyrics? That's ridiculous. Oh, my God. When there's a will, there's a way. Do you want to do a little bit of it right now? I mean, I didn't change many of them. I just, instead of, I'm not getting married today. Mm-hmm. Not getting married to Trey. Oh, that's good. Subtle, but trying to remember to make that change when it's that yeah. fast Pardon and there's that many words. Thinking about coming to the wedding, I appreciate you going in the morning. Like, what's that? Everything's doing. We're going to have a problem. 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 Not Coming getting married. Performed it yeah, flawlessly. Yeah, exactly. Can't do it. It's together. a great number. It just has to be very specifically like you have to know uh, what you're doing. Lesson. Yep. What's a Sondheim show you'd love to do? 
You know, I'd really love to do Sweeney Todd with Norbert Leo Butts. Oh! We I'm talked there. about it. But when we were at, when we were shooting Bloodline in the Florida Keys, we were together all the time because all of our scenes were together. And we thought, well, oh, we we got to do that one day. That would be really fun, really fun. I'll see you at the Carlisle. We'll do it at the Carlisle. <laughs> but it's been done so much lately that, that and done so well that we would wait a bit. But I would love to do that role. Did Lonnie do the company? Yes, he did. Okay. Yes, he did. Yes. Great. Past guest of this podcast. Oh, nice. Nice, he's lovely. Dana worked on his documentary about Merrily We Roll Along. Oh, wow. The best worst thing that ever could have happened. Longest title of all time. Wow. Did I do all our segments? We did Dwarves. We, we did Rapid Fire. We did, but we also want to wish you a very, very happy, happy birthday. birthday. <gasps> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Katie. Happy birthday to me. That is so sweet, you guys. It drops on your birthday. Stop it. Stop it. Coincidentally. Coincidentally? Which is why it took so long. Because this was Bichert. Bichert. It was Bichert. It was Bichert. Oh, that's so sweet, you guys. Um, you. you said you're not on social media, so people can't follow you anywhere. But do you, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, do you have anything to plug? Obviously, if you have Netflix, go watch Bloodline. If you have company on DVD, go watch that. If, you, if you've got mail, watch that. If you want to watch a uh, Murphy Brown episode. If you have Miss Congeniality 2, Armed and Fabulous. Oh, yes, she's very nice, too, that. by the way. Sandy. Yeah, she's so nice. Sandy. <gasps> Did you watch dreams. Bird Box? I did not watch Bird Too Box. Too scary. Yeah, don't do it. I'm like, why would you do a why would you do a movie where you guys have a wrap around your head the whole time? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm gonna Challenge. wash it. No, I make up to wash it. The interesting thing she said to me was, "No, I make up." Oh yeah, exactly. She said she invited me into her trailer and she had all these plans. I was like, "What is this?" She's like, "Oh, I buy and sell homes." She's like, "That's what I do." I was like, "That's what you do?" She's like, "Yeah, when I'm not doing this, you know, this little thing I do." That's her rice krispie treats. Yeah. And if you think about it, if she does oh. one film a year for three sure. months, she's got a bunch of months off. So she's a lovely girl. Woman. I Beautiful love, woman. Gal, I love her in gal. anything. I just can't watch that. What? It's Bird Box. Birch Box. Yeah, is it Soup Birch Box? <laughs> is that still in business? Birch Box? Yeah. Oh, maybe. I keep getting emails. Really? Yes. Yeah. I think you're needed in the other room. So we thank you for your time. You're so welcome. Thank and you it's so always much. a joy to thank see you. Thank you for having me. We love you. Thank you. I newly love you. Well, I oldly love you. <laughs> I I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I'm obsessed, and I've been in your home. Bye. Uh, until next next Tuesday. Bye. 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 In the room with Stephen and Dana is produced by Stephen Farizy and Dana Craig. Special thanks to Joel Wagoner for tinkling the ivories on our theme song. Hit him up at joelwagoner.com. We apologize, and you're welcome. We'd also like to thank Jesse Wiener, W-I-E-N-E-R, for our jazzy original music sprinkled throughout each episode. You can find him at jessewiener.com. Last but certainly not least, we'd like to thank Kevin Thomas Garcia for taking all of our ridiculous photos. You can find him online at ktgnyc.com. We are all over the internet on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at In The Room Pod. 
follow us, like us, share us, pimp us out. And don't forget to subscribe to In The Room Podcast. We everywhere, so subscribe. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.